gentlemen, to season four, episode fifteen of Unsportsmanlike Conduct. I'm Mitch Fosberg. Joining alongside me, um, I'm going to say the Iron Man, my Captain America, this week, because last week's analysis was just went just so horrible. Mr. Christian Brewer, Christian, how we feel on this um, snowy start to a Monday? Unfortunately. Well, I appreciate the intro. Uh, the last couple of days have been a whirlwind of emotions, just for various reasons, obviously. Kind of crazy to think that it's our last week of, of classes, and the fact that this is episode 15, what, means that we've done one every week this semester? Just about. I mean, That's that, crazy. That was still start, but hey, you know what, it's episode 15, we have to do something special for our loyal fan base, all you gorgeous, cool cats and kittens. We teased last week, this week, it's nothing but the UC Mock Draft version 3.0, brought to you by Central Michigan Life, because why not? I know Gatorade bottle in front of me. I want to say Gatorade, but that would cause some uh, height <laughs> issues because I'm not that good yet. But I don't think we should just uh, uh, lollygag anymore. You're ready to get into it. Yes, for sure. So, with the first overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, Christian Boer, I think you and I have the same pick. I hope so. So, so you also have uh, Brian Johnson, long sniper from BYU going one? No. <laughs> no, kidding. not quite. Trevor Lawrence on um, Clubs yep. number one, correct? Yep. Both agree on that one. Obvious reasons. Yeah, he just invested in Blockfolio and got a signing bonus paying in cryptocurrency. So. And uh, and also he actually uh, funny mention Gatorade because he actually just signed endorsement yep. deal with son of a gun Gatorade. So number two, the New York Football Jets. Christian, who you got here? Uh, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. I got the same. All right, cool. So yeah, so far we're agreeing, but I think. Now we get to three, would be the San Francisco 49ers gifted from the Miami Dolphins via the Houston Texans and that Laramie Tunzel trade. No regrets there, right? No. So, Christian, at number three, the San Francisco 49ers select. I have them taking Mac Jones from Alabama. Um, I want so badly for this to not be the case. I just, I've, n- I've never been on the Mac Jones hype train. Um, but what I've read, it sounds like this might be the pick here. I also have Mac Jones. I am, I think it's no secret those those in the show regularly. I am high on Mac Jones. I am high on him, and everything I've read so far is about him being one of the smartest quarterbacks executives I've ever met, ever seen. He worked in a pro style offense in Alabama last year. Yeah, I get it. He had the weapons, um, but I think him gets a year redshirt year. Cal Shanahan system because I also heard this fun fact too. Through the first sixteen games in NFL history, do you know who has the most passing yards? It would be it would be, it would be Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Do you know who number two is by chance? Mm-mm. Nick Mullins. So yeah, Cal Shanahan system works, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess so. So if you throw someone with the intelligence and intangibles like a Mac Jones, who will be actually run the system, not trying to do anything too fancy, I think it could work. Yeah. I mean, I I don't disagree with that. Now, number four, this is where shit can start to go sideways here. I had to change up what I originally wanted to do this morning. So, Christian, number four, the Atlanta Falcons select. Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. Well, offensive weapon, I should say. I'm the same way. Um, I mean, just to where you originally wanted to go. I have traded down twice, honestly, oh. to get, to get Rayshon Slater. I originally have traded back. So my original was Miami at six traded two spots to four to get their hands on Pitts. And then Atlanta traded back again, but Denver dropped to nine and still get Rashawn Slater. But if you think about it hard enough and the murmurs of Julio Jones maybe uh, on his way out, 
I think right now Atlanta, yeah, they want to go quarterback, but Matt Ryan's dead cap. This year be 60 mil, then next year be pushing 40 mil. Yeah. And I mentioned it before very passionately, you're not going to draft a guy at four to sit on the bench for two years. Correct. So for me, it's Cal Pitts. Be the third tight end ever to go top five, because remember, right, Mike Ditka went at some point early and then. Kellen Winslow Sr. believe it won to the Chargers back in the day, but... Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. What do you have them taking here? I have them taking Panay Sewell. Um, although I, I, this is the first one where I'm kind of iffy as to where they could go. So I'm gonna, I got them taking Panay Sewell here, but I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, go after Jamar Chase and reunite the uh, LSU boys. You know, I thought about it too, but it also went so well. The offensive line needs so much work. Yes. And Sewell should be bet the best offensive tackle prospect on the board. I get it. It's a deep draft to fill some other holes. They went Jamar Chase at one shot here, but how many times have you seen a quarterback or receiver duo from college tear up the NFL? Not very often. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I get it. Jamar is an excellent receiving prospect. They could probably use him, but there's just so many needs, and the talent is there. I don't think Jamar Chase is a dynamite, bona fide prospect the same amount to a Cal Pitts or to a Sewell. I don't think the gap is large when right. I say that. But for me, it's Penny Sewell. So number six. We got Miami here. I have them taking Jamar Chase from uh, LSU. So for me, the phones are ringing. We have a trade. Uh-oh. The Miami Dolphins trade the sixth overall pick. Let's make sure I got this trade so don't sound like a complete idiot. They acquire picks 940 and a first-round pick from the Denver Broncos. Oh. And with the sixth overall pick, the Denver Broncos select... A guy I'm not high on, but Denver will pull a trigger on this. I can see it. Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Again, I'm super high on Drew Locke for some reason. I don't see him there in quarterback. But the way I can see this going, there's two teams want to jump up and get the number four quarterback in this class. It's going to be them. It's going to be New England. New England's going to have to throw a lot of, a lot of draft capital the Dolphins to go, off, to go up to six. And I don't think the Dolphins want to drop back to 15. That's the only problem I'm seeing New England having. Having them... Have a fine trade partner within the top 10 that wants to go down to 15. Because I feel these elite prospects stop about 13 or 14. Like, the top notch of the draft stops about there. 15 is a spot where, like, uh, we can't afford to go down that far. So, I think with Fields, Denver gets a guy that's mobile, good arm, precise. I'm weary, I'm weary on him, though, because people mention the stigma with Alabama, right? With quarterbacks of Alabama, yeah. right? Because they can't win, right? Alabama, the only school that's produced more NFL semi-Super Bowl winning quarterbacks in Alabama have been Notre Dame and Michigan. Bama has four Lombardis in the trophy room. One with Ken Sabler, one with Joe Namath, and two with Bart Starr. Yeah. Do you know how many how many Super Bowl winning quarterbacks Ohio State has produced? Zero. Exactly. So I'm worried about that. But if there's a team that would be aggressive enough to snag up Justin Fields, to take that stigma around Ohio State quarterbacks, it's Denver. Mm-hmm. So for me... Denver trades up to six to select Justin Fields. A little tra- I could see Trey Lance too, but I feel Fields is the more probably ready over Lance. Yep. Sorry for that tangent. Number seven, the Detroit Lions. What you got? What you got? Got going on here at seven. Well, I find it hilarious that you had the Broncos trading for six because I have the Broncos trading for seven. All right. The Lions move to nine and acquire um, a haul. For the seventh pick, and I have the Broncos too selecting Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. Right on. I know I have I have this feeling that Detroit will trade down. 
I I was trying hard about this. Like, I already had Denver go up to six. I don't see Detroit dropping down to 15. No. I don't see it. I don't see anyone else, the rest of this draft class, that wants to shoot up to seven yet. Raiders, I could see doing something crazy. And as we're recording this, Akil Badu just hits a home run. It'll hit the top of the fence. Probably a triple. I thought it hit the yellow. It looked I, like it hit the yellow. It did, too. We're watching the Tigers live, too, as we're doing this. But So, for me, I have Detroit taking uh, Jamar Chase, wide receiver at LSU. I could see it going defensively, but I think wide receiver is the glaring need for Detroit. And, but the best tail available on the board is either that or you go maybe corner or maybe you go linebacker. I don't think they go O-line. That ball definitely hit the yellow. Um, I got Jamar Chase here for obvious reasons. I think him, Tyrell Williams, whoever else they add to the receiving core um, will be just fine. I think if he falls to seven, you've got to take him. I think so, too. He's too good to pass up on. But let me go on to number eight, Carolina Panthers. Who do you got here? Uh, Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State. I think they want to get some competition, and they're really not going to review that. Uh, but, yeah, they uh, he they could use some competition in that room with uh, – Sam Darnold, I think that would be fun to watch. Uh, those two guys compete. Uh, and Lance is a guy with a little coaching I think could develop into a pretty good player. So that's where I have the Panthers going. So for me at Carolina, um, I had – Fumer has it just going to be best available player. And for me, I look at the board right now, and I have Carolina taking Patrick Sertain the second Ooh. of Alabama. So last year they went all defense or draft. I think corner view is a little work. I think right now it's going to be that or weapon. I think they're fine at receiver, honestly. And uh, I think it retains that lockdown corner that that defense can need. Um, could I see Michael Parsons here to fill the gap that, that you mean, Parsons could potentially fill the gap that Keekley left a couple years ago? You could see. Mm-hmm. But you talk about Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin. Now you add Patrick Sertain, that young nucleus in the defense. Um, I don't see this being a bad pick for him. <laughs> I really don't. So, <clears throat> for me, eight, Carolina, Patrick Sertain. Let's talk nine here. For you, it would be Detroit. For me, it would be yes. Miami. Who does Detroit take here at nine? Micah Parsons. I know I sold the rumor. I think it was last week, might have been the week before, when we discussed whether or not he was a lock to the Lions. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I think he just fits the mold of what they're trying to do. They're trying to rebuild this organization into a physical, you know, beat down, grind out, bite your kneecaps, I say with air quotes. <laughs> um, and the way you set that in stone, the way you start that identity is by going out and getting a guy on defense. And I got like Micah Parsons. So for me at nine, I got the Miami Dolphins still getting their weapon. I got them taking Jalen Waddle out here. And they could be him or Devontae Smith is who they really want. Uh, but I think them bringing out oh, not only an elite weapon like they can get their hands on at nine, but someone that... Tua Tagovailoa, who's a name I couldn't say two years ago, get somebody he's comfortable with. Now you add Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, uh, you probably you saw some Mike Kosecki, now you add Jalen Waddle in there. You got Will Fuller too if he's, you know, if he stays healthy, he stays out of trouble. If he plays a full 16 game schedule, like, now Miami's got some weapons in the receiving mm-hmm. core. Uh, running back, maybe still yet to be seen. Maybe address that later in the draft. But I think uh, Jalen Waddle at 9 is a big one. And then. At number 10, no longer America's team, in my opinion. The Dallas Cowboys. You get the Cowboys taken here. I had them taking Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. They need secondary help. And uh, this is the guy that can do it. I think he's the best corner in this class and um, would be a good fit. 
So we're also on the Cowboys going defense. I went J.C. Horn here out of uh, South, Car- South Carolina. Uh, they still need help on defense, uh, corners especially. They lost uh, a couple good corners the past couple of years. Uh, defense, and every, every aspect except linebacker and one defensive end spot need a total rehaul, in my opinion. And <clears throat> I don't think this lead pass rush you could want to take at 10. I don't know if there's a really good, plausible way for them to draft, I mean, to fall down, to trade down from 10. So I think uh, J.C. Horn, the son of, of a long-time NFL player, Joe Horn, Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good fit here. So number eleven, New York Football Giants. What do you got here? I got him taking Quiddy Pay at Rush out of Michigan. I think it's the first kind of real reach of this draft that I have. Uh, but they need help on that defensive line, and I think Quiddy Pay's the guy. The guy they could bring it to him. Do you hear that? I hear the phone ringing again. Uh oh. We got trade. The trade is the New York Giants acquire picks 15, 46, and 139 from the New England Patriots, exchange number 11. And with the 11th overall pick, <clears throat> the New England Patriots select Trey Lance quarterback, North Dakota State. Fifth quarterback, all this crew is selected. It's an ideal situation. Trey Lance can sit one year behind Cam Newton, a former MVP who wants a redemption season, honestly. But yes. no, this is going to be one year, one more year done. They retool the weapons with uh, Janu Smith and Hunter Henry. They probably had some more receivers there in the draft, too. But, you know, the Wingland gets the quarterback of the future, I feel. And Lance has a really good athlete, really good, natural, powerful arm. And uh, they'd be a great fit here at 11. So, number 12, Philadelphia Eagles. Who you got them taken? I have the t- Eagles taking Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddell. Playmaker, the Eagles love their wide receivers. Well, they take one last year, Jalen Rager, was that last year? <laughs> Over Justin Jefferson? J- yeah, yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> and uh, they get another one here, and hopefully this one pans out for them better than the last one. This phone's ringing again, Christian. This phone's ringing again. Boy. So... Philadelphia makes a trade here. They get a second next year's draft, and they manage to get picks 27 and 31. Do you know what's picks 27 and 31? The Baltimore yes. Ravens. And with that pick, they select Rayshon Slater, offensive tackle from Northwestern. Yeah, they need some receiver help. They can find later in the draft. But you just lost early on Brown Jr. He had a filler right tackle. He had a whole right tackle. You brought in uh, Kevin Zeitler. Field guard spot or center spot. Slayer's a guy you could plug in that tackle, maybe in the interior, physical in your face kind of guy. Ravens kind of tend for those kind of physical in your face kind of guys, don't they? Mm-hmm. Now they got the firepower to move up in the draft to make a pick here. Philadelphia needs just needs just needs, just needs help everywhere. They're going to be picking this high for the next couple of years. Yeah. Be higher than twelve. They'll be top ten next two years, in my opinion. So it's not like it's not like in last case where you don't want to be in top five this that for like a while, but Philadelphia knows to begin the rebuild. Yeah, you gotta move down quite a few spots. We get too late first, fill some spots you're gonna need because you gotta repair aging O line. Got fixed receiving core. Maybe got fixed quarterback. Probably fixed running back. And we're just talking about offense. <laughs> like Philadelphia's gonna have a lot of needs next couple of years to be tool that. So I think it's a win win. I feel like it's two first to get a second to play with next year. Uh, Baltimore trades up and gets a guy that's going to fill a hole. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got Baltimore move up to get Rashawn Slater. 
So now at 13, the Los Angeles Chargers, who do you got here? You know, when I was looking at this, I thought that maybe um, Los Angeles could be a candidate to move up. I think that, especially if Pinay Sewell is on the board, uh, when you get to seven, maybe they throw the Lions a package. But in this scenario, I have them staying put. And I have them taking the second best offensive tackle in this class, Rayshon Slater, out of Northwestern. I'll be honest with you. We mentioned about the, the, the package Detroit could get. This is the furthest I see Detroit like falling yes, in the draft. Yes, I agree with you. This is this is where like this is the Lions like the Chargers would be the one team because yeah, Sewell blocking for Herbert, good idea I can see. But right now it's the Chargers. Um, I got them taking Christian Darisaw out of out of uh, Vatek. Old lines and even the Chargers, flat out. Best tackle on the board right now. Well, Baltimore moved up to, to beach and get to Rayshon Slater. Darisaw's best tackle left on the board. Keep building the O line. You added Corey Lindsley. You added Matt Filer. Good luck with Matt Filer. Supporting the Taylor fan. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, yeah, I got Slater. Uh, Darius Hall here. So fourteen, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not gonna do the skull chant right now. Um, <laughs> we got him taken. I haven't taken Darius Christian Darius Uh, the offensive lineman. Another guy. They're another team that just needs some help up front. You know, they're. I can never tell. I personally think that with any time you have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, you're never a serious contender. Uh, but they have weapons basically everywhere else, especially offensively. You know, receiver with Jefferson, tight end with Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Dalvin Cook's a very good running back. Now you get some help up front. So it'll be interesting to see what direction this organization moves because I feel like they're teetering right on the bubble. But um, the offensive line is where they go here, Christian Dearsaw. So for me, I look at Minnesota. Look at that defense. Mike Zimmer said it's one of the worst defenses he ever had. I can't over-exaggerate it because let's face facts. He lost Everson Griffin last season. Michael Pierce was an opt-out. Daniel Hunter had back issues, and that was a new contract. Well, hopefully you'll have Hunter back. Pierce be back. You brought in Delvin Townsend. Uh, you line back in core will be back healthy. Eric Kendricks, Anthony mm-hmm. Barr, Troy Dad look good. You brought in Patrick Pierce in some more corners. You still have Harrison Smith. It's strong. One more pass rusher, though, right? Yeah. I got him taking Quiddy Pay out of Michigan for those reasons. I'm pitching that front four. Oof. Boy, has to be able to deal with. I I think I think only class is deep enough where they can work it. Second and third round still have they still have the capital to do that. So, for me, take the best pass rusher in year right now on Quiddy Pay. But before we get going on, let's take a small pause here mm-hmm. because we're supposed to stop at ten, and I just got in a roll and I totally forgot. Mm-hmm. So, Christian, what do we have, what do we have for quick thoughts this week? Yeah. So first up, I wanted to ask you about the San Diego LA Dodgers series. <laughs> that was so much fun. Uh, I. Got the chance to watch yesterday, the end of yesterday's game, the last couple innings. But, man, what did you think about that? Well, first of all, it still boggles my mind that the White Sox traded Tatis Jr. to get Jake yeah. Shields in 17. This is, this, is, this is how fun baseball should be. This is how it should be. This is be the rivalry. Blech, can't talk today. That's, that's probably going to bring baseball into a more modern era. For that, I'm all for it. Especially the talent the Dodgers have, the talent the Padres have. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, no matter what side you're on. Yep, and then my second thing for you uh, is, and ironically, we're watching it right here, the Detroit Tigers' offense has lacked, they're anemic. They're lacking iron at this point. What do you think the Tigers can do to fix this and right the ship? They're obviously not going to be good, but what do they have to do to get this back to being watchable? Kick out, be able to curve, in my opinion, at this point. Yeah, I'm with that. We're in year five of the rebuild, and yeah, I get a Torgelson and Green are way out, ways out still. And we got this young pitching. 
Expecting's been fine for the most part. Yes. And we just can't produce runs. I mean, I talked about a couple weeks ago about the disastrous drafting of uh, Detroit sports mm-hmm. and all the guys they passed on. I'm like, I don't trust Avila. I don't. Like, probably a couple years ago, they could have traded Michael Fulmer to get their hands on maybe uh, Alex Bregman or Javier Baez, and they turn it down. Matthew Boyd probably, if he keeps going, they better get a good fall of bats in this trade. And, uh, this trade, probably a three. You probably could look at a Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter at this point. He's going to go best available. So yes. a big bat is going to come in this draft class. And, look, I don't think this, don't think this, this, offseason, this offseason would tell a lot because it's a loaded shortstop class, and they need a flipping shortstop. Yes, they do badly. They need first, short, probably outfield piece or two, but, I mean... Matt Boyd is just 2-2 two two with the 1.82 ERA right now, and he should be 4-0. He's been very good. But it's lights out. So, for me, yeah, it's, uh, hate to throw him on the bus. Actually, I'm a kid now. If this ship's going to get the right way, it's going to be without Alavila, personally. Yeah, and part of the reason I mentioned that is because as we're sitting here watching this, recording this on a Monday, the Tigers stranded a leadoff triple at third base. So, yeah. um, that is just unbelievable. Then. Finally, I ask you about it every week, the gambling. How's it going? I've been waiting for you to ask me about this. So my baseball party went two for three yesterday. I was bummed. However, I was eating lunch, and the Barstool Bets had popped up a little offer for me to take. It's a $10 real risk-free bet. Like, no matter what happens, like, if my guy loses to bet on Talladega, you know, I still give him 10 bucks back if he did a certain amount well. So I opted in to put 10 bucks on Brad Keselowski. Do you know who won Talladega yesterday, Christian? Who won Talladega yesterday? Brad Keselowski. That's what I'm talking about. Turned 10 bucks to 120. So I kept 20 into a, kept 20 in my play money and put 100 immediately in the bank. Because I broke my rule. And I'm not <laughs> mad about it. Although I'm starting to notice the trend I break rules. Some good stuff happens for now. But, uh, but yeah, that's how uh, Mitch's gambling's gone this past there week. There you go. That was Quick Thoughts brought to you by... Um, yeah, cool. So... Fifteen. Um, <laughs> you have the Patriots. I have the Giants. Who do you have the Patriots taking here? Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Julian Edelman retires. You want to get another skill guy. And Devontae Smith has the potential to be very similar to Edelman, but with more speed and uh, more big playability. So uh, if this turns out, this could be a very good pick for the Patriots. So for me, I have the Giants taking Micah Parsons. Just need just need Atel on defense at this mm-hmm. point. Maybe you could if there's still a good corner here, um, you know, so be it. Uh but I feel Michael Parsons right now is the best player on the board. I don't think it's uh especially for defense, like it's that close of a gap. But yeah, I think Parsons, the Giants would be a really good fit here. So sixteen, the Arizona Cardinals. What do you got here? Well, they lost Patrick Peterson. Um, so I have them taking a young corner by the name of JC Horn. Right. Uh, you mentioned him earlier, and I think that this is a good fit for them as they try to kind of reinvent. I won't say overhaul because there's still good pieces on that defense, but kind of reinvent it and get some new faces in there. Obviously, you did J.J. Watt earlier in the offseason, and now a young guy like J.C. Horn in the secondary. So everything I've been reading, everything I've been watching, everything indicates to me that Arizona just wants weapons. They want weapons. So you see with Tampa Bay, they got a lot of weapons. Kansas City, a lot of weapons. Look at Aaron Rodgers to an extent. He has some good weapons. Not as great as probably some would think, but he still has some weapons. 
Could you imagine? Uh, well, I mean, obviously Larry Fitzgerald officially retired. Could you picture a uh, receiving core of DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, and Mr. Devontae Smith, wide receiver yeah, out of Alabama? Trip. Holy smokes. <sighs> Just thinking about that, and I feel bad for these NFC uh, West defenses trying to contain all that with Kyler Murray. Especially if you get another good running back with him second round. Maybe somehow he traded in second round to get Travis Etienne or you get some other guys that'll be here a little later in the draft. So for me, Devontae Smith of Alabama. Although they give you some O line help here, I can see weapon. So seventeen, the Las Vegas Raiders. We would not be on the same page, I know it. Who do you got the Raiders taking here? The Raiders, I have the Raiders taking Tevin Jenkins, offensive line, believe out of Oklahoma State. Um Another one that, you know, everything I've been kind of reading points to the fact that the Raiders could use some help on that offensive line. And also, John Gruden is known for picking guys that nobody else expects him to pick. So, uh, give me Jenkins here. So, you mentioned John Gruden, and, um, <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to get some hate for this one. So, everything I'm reading right now is saying that the Raiders are doing a due diligence on the quarterbacks. There's one quarterback at one point we thought was the Heisman candidate. Maybe be a first-round pick, but after the bowl game, that disaster wasn't going to go well. I got the Raiders and the shock of the draft, because you know, the Raiders always pull shocks. Mm-hmm. Kyle Trask, quarterback, out Whoa. of Florida. Mariota and Cart each have about a year left for their deals. they got to do something, right? That's craziness. I know it is, but knowing John Gruden is not, a, it's not other, the realm of possibility, is it? Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, they've done some crazy things, like Cleveland Farrell at four. Yeah, that's true. Or like, you know, Damon Arnett last year at 19, which, by the way, I called Arnett. Or it's 19 Arnett, you know, so be it. But you only need a quarterback in the future. Trask is a big arm. See what happens here. This could be, uh, I remember last time we seen six quarterbacks go in the first round. But, you know, you know Gruden, uh, I can see it happening. It's crazy. So now we got 18, the Miami Dolphins, their actual first-round pick. Who do you got them taking here? I have them taking running back Najee Harris out of Alabama. I've kind of always been on this train that you could see the uh, Alabama skill guys reunite. And while I don't have them taking Waddle or Smith, I have them taking the running back Najee Harris. So I'm biased when it comes to Najee Harris because I want him to go and find a certain spot real bad. Yeah. But uh, I got the Dolphins taking Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia here. Uh... You know, just keep adding pieces of defense, especially mm-hmm. pass rush. Um, it was starting to get the right direction last year. Got secondaries good. And you still got uh, Christian Wilkins. Just add a little bit to the pass rush, because obviously Van Noy is gone now. He got cut because of cap casualties. Andrew Van Ginkle still. Add a guy like Aziz Ojalari that can move around some spots, maybe put his hand in the dirt if you go four-man front. Put him outside linebacker spot if you get three-man front. Get some versatility in the pass rush. I went uh, Ojalari here. All right. Now the 19th overall pick, the Washington football team. I have them taking Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Actually said it right, out of point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just like what he brings to the table. The defense looks like it's going to be in a really good spot here in, what, another year? Uh, obviously, Chase Young was a hit. Um, but, yeah, I think that they're in a good spot. Uh, they could also get some offensive line help here. I could see that happening. Um, but I've got most of the the uh, the big offensive line prospects off the board already. So, so look at Washington. It's not going to be a quarterback. They're going to roll, roll, roll with uh, Fitzpatrick and Heineke is here. Mm-hmm. I have him to go with Antonio Gibson. I don't see a while here you would you fall in love with. 
O-line, maybe you go here. The defense, hey, that front seven's nasty, right? Yes. You want someone to go opposite of Kendall Fuller, though, correct? Someone young. So I got them taking Caleb Farley, quarterback out of Virginia Tech. Okay. I know there's health issues with him and his back. But I think if you just ease him in first half of the season, and then by the time you get going from weeks 9 to 17, you know, I think he'll be ready to play. So for me, add one more piece to secondary. I think it's the one spot in defense you can't improve on. Their linebacker corps was great last year. So I got Farley here now 20. The Chicago Bears. We got the Bears taken here. You know, I think I'm going to call an audible here. I have somebody written down, but but I think after doing some research this morning, looking at it now, I have the Chicago Bears selecting quarterback Davis Mills out of Stanford. Whew. They need a quarterback. Ryan Pace loves his quarterbacks. They signed Andy Dalton. I'm not a huge fan of this move. But I'm looking at this ESPN thing, and they need it desperately. And Davis Mills is trending towards being the next quarterback taken after all these guys. I could see Trask here. I could see offensive line help. But give me Davis Mills in the shocker of the day. You only got Foles like $25 million. You got Dalton for 10 you're going to invest by about 40 million in three quarterbacks. Only one gets a ball at a time. My goodness. I got him taking Tevin Jenkins here. Uh, if I need some offensive line help, but I wouldn't be surprised if we somehow see Seattle picking here instead. That'd be wild. It would be very wild. I don't think it's going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden uh, Seattle's picking a 20 to uh, take some guy that no one's ever heard of and he wants to be in a Pro Bowl or somehow. <laughs> so. I got Tevin Jenkins, Chicago here. 21, the Indianapolis Colts. Last year, their first-round pick was DeForest Buckner. I think that worked pretty well. Yes. Trade. Uh, who you got the uh, Colts taking here? Let's see here. Where is my... I have the Indianapolis Colts selecting edge rusher Aziz Ojalary. Um, Like you said, DeForest Buckner is well, solid. He's very good. But other than that, they don't have a ton of depth. And for that reason, I see them getting Ojolari here as another pass rusher. And, you know, I mean, this is a team that's right on the verge of being a contender. So I think to me it just hinges on how the Carson Wentz excuse me, experiment turns out. And um should be interesting to follow. So with Anthony Costanza retiring, they need O-line help. And I got, and I did, and they probably, and I imagine they made a, Made an offer to Baltimore for Leo Brown Jr. just yeah. didn't happen. By the price wasn't the price wasn't right. Um, for my family that for my family, uh, pun intended, big time with that. Um, I went Alex Leatherwood of Alabama here. Okay. For those reasons, I think they can kick Braden Smith to left tackle, and then put Leatherwood at right. Uh, obviously, line just needs help. It does. They need one more tackle spot filled, because obviously we see what happens when Carson Wentz gets a banged up O line. It's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Not pretty at all, but I'll go Indy going online help here right now. Best tackle on the board. Now with uh, Jenkins gone, just right before would be uh, Alex Otherwood. So twenty two Tennessee Titans. What you got here? Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Corey Davis is gone, um, so why not go get another young guy? Uh, Bateman, 
you know, he's pretty big. He's got good speed, and he played really well and put up good stats with, I would say, average to subpar quarterback play at Minnesota. So give me Bateman here for the Titans. All right, so for me, uh, I got Jalen Phillips, edge rusher out of Miami. Probably uh, someone's got to play DN at some point. I, I forget how big this kid is, but you have Harold you have Harold the third. You brought in Bud Dupree on a big deal. I mean, big deal. Uh, need someone to add, the, add to that rotation because uh, this would be make or break for Landry this season. Um, and right now, look at edge rushers. I think Noah ojalari has gone. Pay's gone. Mm-hmm. I think this point, Greg Rousseau is going to be uh, early, early to mid second round pick, and I'm totally cool with that. So I'll take uh, Jalen Phillips on Miami here. So before we get further on, uh, let's get to our corners, Christian. What do you have? For you, what do you have for Christian's corner this week? You know, I uh, kind of unplugged from the world of sports this weekend just because of everything else going on. Uh, but I'd just like to touch on the uh, the the Dodgers Padres series that I. Um, talked about or asked you about, uh, you know, and I was watching it with my roommate who's not a huge baseball fan, um, but we both agreed this is what high-level competitive baseball looks like. It was a lot of fun to watch. You know, I watched this 162 days a year. He's playing the Tigers, by the way, folks. Yeah, and I, at least 82 of those days, I ended wanting to rip my hair out. I know the team's not going to be good, but they always find different ways to lose like this. Um, straining a leadoff triple in the eighth inning that should have been a home run. Uh, I won't get too off-kilter here. Um, don't have a ton to say, but it was just fun to watch good baseball last night and this weekend. And um, I love what Trevor Bauer had to say where you know, he talked about if, if you're going to get mad about being celebrated on, then be better. Don't, get, don't give him a reason to. So um, I'm, I like Trevor Bauer. I like the emotion and the flair that he plays with it. I like how players are feeding off that. I just wish my hometown team was good so that I could uh, enjoy that as well. We had a moment and it happened. I'm yep. over it, kind of. I still do some, uh, do some, some activities that help ease that pain from 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, and every year since then. But for me to score this week, this would be a nice little public service announcement. <clears throat> We're about to embark on a three-day journey of adventure, which is for me is one of my biggest national holidays. The NFL draft, which we're talking about extensively right now. Anything draft, free agent, trade deadline, I'm here for. I just remind all the fans that these are young men, ages of 21 to 24, or Brandon Wien's case back in the 28, <laughs> that are living out a, um, a, lot, a lifelong dream. You know, they're finally getting their name heard. Uh, even throughout pandemic, they somehow managed to, uh, you know, be one of the top 32 or honestly one of the top 250 players uh, going to the NFL this year. This is not a chance for you to, you know, do any sort of hateful, ugly language on social media. Yes. Yeah, so I made this PSA during the during, during the NCAA tournament, and that just did not happen for some reason because some poor kid from Ohio State got absolutely torn apart in some really nasty racial, terrible, just DM. So just remember, and remember what happens to your team too. Like, hey, guess what? I'm sorry. These executives and stuff know more than you and me and everybody listening. Yeah, I understand you may want this one guy real bad. There's not there's not a reason to call these executives all these awful, you know, slurs and bad words just because you don't like something. We're better than that as people. Not just as a certain group of something, just as human beings, we are better than that. 
for mm-hmm. crying out loud. So please, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the seven rounds. Because I probably won't be able to watch much the first round. Because I'll be doing some other things. But second through seventh rounds, <laughs> you bigger sweet pippy I'll be watching. <laughs> I cannot wait. This is, this is a holiday for me. I can't wait to see where some guys go. Like, I'm excited to see Emerson Rondell Moore and Greg Rousseau. So, yeah, just a reminder. Um, these are human beings um, reaching a new chapter in their lifelong journeys and the passion of the game they love. Don't take this moment away from them for being a stupid idiot. Without a doubt, man. So that's my PSA from Mitch's Corner. So let's get back into this here. The 23rd yes, of pick. The New York Jets via the Seattle Seahawks and from the Jamal Adams trade. Who do you have the Jets taking here? I have them taking Jason Oway out of Penn State. Uh, that's another name that's kind of gone up boards as the draft has progressed. Um, didn't have a sack last year, but I think he has the potential to be a stud. I was listening to Todd McShay on part of my take today, and he said that was one of the big guys that they had um, that you know you had to consider because he's um, kind of a question mark. He's talented, but can it can it translate? And I think that uh, this is a team that can take a chance on him. You mentioned guys shooting up draft boards, right? Mm-hmm. For me, I look at the Jets. There's just so many needs after Zach Wilson. Yeah, no kidding. So I want the guy who's just been shooting up draft boards, Jamin Davis, linebacker of Kentucky. Yes. A lot of ways you can go. You have Quentin Williams, still Marcus Mayer for a year. Then Ashton Davis looked good at free safety last year, one of their second-round picks. Um, need something to go with C.J. Mosley. We're going to stay in the 3-4 if you're Robert Sala. So, or even them, even, even them. I mean, Mosley won't stay forever. So, get a linebacker here in Jamin Davis. I would personally go a couple guys over Davis, but he's shooting up so high off draft boards, and we're talking about the Jets. So, uh, give me Jamin Davis here. So, now... Pick 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to tell you the same thing I told you we did 2.0. Tread carefully, buddy. Who do you got here? <laughs> I have them taking Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive guard on the USC. Um, offensive line help, man. I don't think quarterback is as pressing a need as some people see, claim to think. Um, could definitely see them go running back here. Uh, but right now I think offensive line is the move. Yeah, I'm thinking Najee Harris of Alabama. Uh, I tend alluded earlier when you have going to uh, uh, Miami 18. Um, I want to see it, but this offensive line class is deep enough where Pittsburgh can still snag a couple guys. They brought back Zach Bander, who had torn ACL last year. Bringing back David DeCastro. Kevin Dodson was one of the looked just so good at left guard last season. Uh, what happens to Chuck Wilma Accor for? We will see. I was a left tackle, see. How you replace, uh, you know, Marquise Bouncy? Uh, we'll see. I think you can dress that later, and then as well as Pittsburgh draft second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth of the round. Um, I think they can fill that gap fairly well. But finding a running back, um, not very often Pittsburgh goes running back first round. Last one I remember is Rashard Mendenhall, and he was totally fine until he fumbled the Super Bowl and blew his ACL next year, yeah. and just just confidence just went to the to the cellar. So. I got uh, Najee Harris running back out of Alabama here back in the top, right? Yeah. It's 25. Jacksonville Jaguars via the Los Angeles Rams, who, again, won't have a first-round pick here. The Rams won't until 2024. We'll see how that goes for them, especially the way the NFC West is shaking up. But anyway, 
Who you got the Who you got the Jags in here? Twenty five. I'm taking Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle out of Texas, uh, for just the reason of keeping Trevor Lawrence on his feet. Another guy, another big body to, uh, at the very least, add some depth up front. So for me, I got him, first safety off the board here, Trevor Moore, safety out of TCU. Uh, secondary secondary needs work. Flat out. Uh, probably top safety in the class, although we haven't seen really good safety class since 18. We really haven't. Seen, like, Mika Fitzpatrick, Jamal Adams, and uh, Terrell Evans go all first round. Oh, two of those other guys were Pittsburgh, humble brag. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think Morgan would be a good fifth there. Obviously, they go a lot of spots here at defense, obviously both. But, you know, you got a free pick to play with here. We're going to take a gamble on safety. So, 26. The Cleveland Browns. Where you get the Browns taken? So you mentioned that Gregory Rousseau may not be off the boards till the uh, second round. I have him going here to Cleveland um, because Cleveland's looking for a guy that can play opposite of Miles Garrett. Olivier Vernon, eh, he hurt himself towards Achilles. Jadavian Clowney, though. Jadavian Clowney, true, but hey, you know what? Depth. I get they have other needs, but right now I have them going with Gregory Rousseau, taking a chance on him, and uh, because really I think this is another pick that could be boom or bust. So for me, I look at the brands. Um, Linebacker core needs work. Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. That's my choice here. I mentioned before, D-line is good. Now you had Jamie Clowney in the pass rush. Secondary is good. You can have Grant Delpit back. You brought in John Johnson. You still have Denzel Ward. Um, my band core outside of Taki Taki was uh, sucky sucky. <laughs> so uh, I go. I'm gonna go Zayvon Collins here, and uh, I'm gonna cry twice a year maybe. But we'll see how that goes. But so uh, 27. This, for you, be Baltimore. For me, it'd be Philadelphia's first first round pick. We got Baltimore here at 27. Yeah, Baltimore needs wide receiver help. I have them taking Terrace Marshall out of LSU. Kind of was that the yin to Jamar Chase's yang. Uh, didn't play as big of a role in the national championship season just because they had Jeff- Justin Jefferson. Uh, but he was kind of forced to do a little bit more when Chase opted out of 2020. So uh, give me Terrace Marshall here. I also went wide out here. I went Rashard Bateman out of uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Again, receiving core needs work. I understand at 12, you know, you maybe could have snagged at Devontae Smith, but you know, you got two first and second next year to play with. And it's kind of risky to take a receiver that early in the draft anyway. If you look at it hard enough, especially with quarterbacks too, but tackle wide out. So, Sharp Bateman fills a need here. He's still the first to play with here a couple picks later. So, yeah, that's where we went with that. So, 28, the New Orleans Saints. So, New Orleans lost Alex Anzalone, linebacker. They've, uh, you know, they got Quan Alexander, I believe. He struggled a little bit, though. So, I'm going to take Zayman Collins here. Linebacker uh, out of Tulsa, uh, another defensive body, and a, and a kid I think who has a pretty high ceiling. I think it could be fun to watch him here in the next couple of years. Uh, they're following the blueprint set by their divisional rivals who just won the Super Bowl uh, by stocking up at linebacker. Yeah. So for me, um, Saints can be a will of hurt here in a year or two, I feel. Obviously, like I mentioned before, they got a lot of big players whose contracts need to get reworked here. I also went linebacker. I went Jeremiah Wusu Koromora. First look, I can play him some interesting spots, I feel. Uh, good depth, good linebacker piece. Like I can mention Angelone's gone with the Lions. Quan Alexander, we'll see. Outside of that, but I need some work at linebacker. 
And I feel Osu Cormore can uh, fill that hole. And still wear gold. So good for him. Uh, 29, the Green Bay Packers. I, you know, I thought about you when I was making this pick because you've picked the same guy in both of the uh, previous drafts. And you know what? I'm starting to get on board with it. Asante Samuel Jr., defensive back. I, uh, I'm thinking you're going to make that pick. And I am. So I'll just let you explain it. Yeah, like I mentioned, it hit like with both J.C. Horn and uh, Patrick Patrick Kane II. Um, quality defensive backs from uh, Power Five programs who uh, come who have the DNA of uh, NFL Pro Bowl Pro Bowl caliber players. So, like I mean, I mean Kevin King's back for one year, mm-hmm. uh, but Green Bay tends to like to draft a year in advance. It's weird as it seems. So, or or last year they drafted like maybe five years in advance, and that's a question mark. <laughs> but uh, Santi Samuel Jr., uh, short, twitchy, to my knowledge, was reading that like they mentioned his ceiling could be very similar, his skills could be very similar to Jair Alexander, which, if you get two of those guys, oh boy, but, yeah, his pick has not changed at all, and my sounds of it, he's been creeping up early second, maybe a first, and if this happens, I've been calling this song done since, since February. No kidding. You may you may have to call me a super awesome dude slash genius. So, <laughs> and then uh, number thirty, the Buffalo Bills. I am taking Jalen Phillips here, uh, just to get some help on the defensive line. I know they're pretty much set in the secondary, uh, but another pass rusher doesn't hurt, especially when uh, the team that they're everybody's trying to catch right now. Uh, Tampa Bay has uh, established a standard for the depth of pass rush and uh, all that stuff. So give me Phillips to the Bills. So right here, Buffalo, obviously I'm going to say this little work. I went um, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, USC here. Um, again, you need some only help. Vera Tucker, maybe he can play center, maybe he can play guard, maybe he can play tackle. I think Buffalo can uh, figure out what they want to do with him. Probably, I think left tackle set, I think, Right guard is set with Cody Ford. Left guard is set. Center or tackle, right tackle will be this possibly trying to fill. He can play both, most likely, or anywhere. You, he allows you he allows your O-line to shuffle yes. wherever it may need to be. So I'm surprised he falls this far. But for me, it's, uh, it's a very tucker. So for you, be Baltimore's second first-round pick. Phil, for me, it's Philadelphia. What do you got here? I have Baltimore... Um Getting some off or not? No, 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 wrong pick. Um, I have Baltimore taking edge rusher Joseph Osai. I think that you know Matthew Judon's gone, and you know how better to help replace you know kind of a young emerging star to get another young guy who you can develop, and I think that's what they get in Osai. So I went Samuel Cosme offensive tackle out of Texas. Uh, like I mentioned, that O line it just it. It just ran its course. Yeah. I mean, Lane Johnson destroyed his ankle. Brandon Brooks can't stay healthy. Jason Kelsey's got X amount of years left. Jason Peters tried to come back and play guard, and he's been gone. And uh, Andre Diller looks like he's been kind of a bust at this point. So you've got to figure out something of the O-line. Because we saw last year they have the O-line. You know, their franchise guy gets uh, shipped off a couple states over. He's eaten the second largest, I believe it was, it's top two. I want to say it was you need large, need largest or second largest dead cap hit in NFL history. It's him and Goff, different yeah. time. So, 
O-line for Philly here. I don't think it's even close. They have to see O-line here mm-hmm. if that trade happens, which I'm saying it does, and I feel like I'm a genius. So we'll <laughs> see what happens here. But, and finally, number 32, the reigning defending Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Ground Canaries, I mean, Tampa Bay Ground uh, Buccaneers. Dang. What do you got them taking here? I have them taking Christian Barmore, defensive tackle, out of Alabama. I think I've had this pick of the la- maybe the last one that we did. Uh, I just like them the idea of them adding defensive line depth uh, because guys like Nadama and Sue aren't getting any younger, and uh, they're also going to start costing some serious money. And, oh, boy, did that just really happen? I, I'm sure sorry, the, the Tigers highlight just showed up of Miguel Cabrera running into and out, it looked like, and uh, frustrating. But, yeah, no, give me Barmore here at 32. So I look at it, he was on the board. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul's not getting younger. And he just left mm-hmm. up Shaq Barrett to a big deal. So for me, I got Tampa Bay selecting, uh, I think probably the best edge rusher at this point. It's debatable, but it's not unavoidable that they're going to need this spot fill. I went Carlos Passion Jr., edge rusher, Wake Forest. Get a guy just rotate in this year, and then year two in 2022, let him take the reins opposite of Shaq Barrett, outside linebacker. Maybe play some DN if you can stick your four-man front. So, yeah. Mock draft version 3.0. I call it a success. Perfect. So, I can trade. So, I feel like they're going to place a bet on here. Place a bet. Place a bet. Who gets the most right? What should the what should the loser do? It's the person who gets least amount of picks right. That's a good question. We'll figure we'll figure out yeah. we'll, we'll figure out the point system throughout the week and then we'll inform you how we did it on next right. on next week's season finale. It's crazy to think the next week's the season finale. I know, I wanna cry a little bit. Yeah, me too, brother. What should we think about that over the week too, what the punishment should be? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should put and then when we release the episode we'll release the uh the punishment. Yeah, absolutely. So for sure. Christian. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Positive. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite segment of the show, folks, but you are gonna do that. It's Kim! Christian! Hey! So last week, alright, I felt not, not too hot, not too shabby. But this week, you know, we had we're sick with the NFL draft. So let's go back ten years. Ten um, years. We will not talk about how old we were, because I hate that <laughs> so bad, you little punk. So we're going to talk about the 2011 NFL draft. Are you ready? I'm with it. Question number one. In the 2011 draft, how many future Pro Bowlers were selected in the first round? Ooh, that's a good question. Six? That's your final answer. Yes. Incorrect. 16, actually. 16? It was a loaded class, buddy. Oh. Yep. Question number two. Who was the Detroit Lions' first-round pick in 2011? Nick Fairley. Final answer? Yeah. Correct. It worked for a little bit. Yeah. Question number three. I'm going to ask you to name a player here, okay? Mm-hmm. This former Super Bowl MVP was selected 242nd overall by the Seattle Seahawks. Former Super Bowl MVP. Are you allowed to give me a hint? Well, he played for the Seahawks, and it was Super Bowl 48. Oh, okay, so it was Malcolm Smith. Final answer? Yes. Correct. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Now, ready for the bonus round. Two for three, ready for the bonus round. Yeah, I'm ready for the bonus round. So, four quarterbacks went in the top 12 of that draft. Okay. Name all four quarterbacks. I can name three off the top of my head. And I want to see if I can get the fourth. 
<laughs> Let's rail them off here, buddy. So there's Cam Newton. Correct. Jake Locker. Correct. Christian Ponder. Correct. And the top 12. Because Von Miller was a pick. Uh, I'm trying to think who, who all took quarterbacks. Ponder, it was Ponder, Locker, Newton. Why can't I take the other guy? It's okay. A lot of fans can't. You're good. <laughs> Why do I not know this? Um, let's see. That national championship game would have been Auburn versus Oregon. It wasn't Jeremiah Masoli. No, I'm pretty sure it wasn't even him starting a quarterback either. Because he, because yeah. he would, was he transferred Ole Miss at that point. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get the fourth one. I'm gonna. So you tap? Yeah. Yeah. Who is it? Oh, the University of Missouri, Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert. Okay. There's there's actually a famous there's actually pretty cool the Sports Illustrated the cover. Sports Illustrated yeah, cover no, like it, like you know who do you take it's Newton Gabbert Locker then Pounder went twelve out like out of nowhere like RKO's but it seemed like yeah I remember that I I gave all my friends crap the uh, the next day that said I was dropping out of middle school and going to the NFL because <laughs> it was Christian Pounder and Christian Bull. Although, honestly, um, you know, his wife will be honest. It's a really good reporter, too. Yeah. So, Samantha Ponder. Yeah. yeah. So, with the question of the week to wrap us all up here. Finish of the NFL draft. What draft pick made you go bonkers? What? Any draft. Any draft. Because mine's pretty uh, cl- cut and clear. What draft pick made me go bonkers? In a good way or a bad way? That doesn't, doesn't really matter. So... There were a couple that I can think of off the top of my head that made me go kind of crazy. Um, the one was Ziggy Ansa. Yep. And it just, I was not prepared for that. Um, and then to think one, th- this is just NFL? Yeah, NFL okay. draft. NFL draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the other one that I actually was okay with was Frank Ragnow a couple of years back. I was cool with that. I normally am always like a sucker for skill guys. I always want the Lions to draft skill guys. But when I saw Frank Ragnall's name pop up, I didn't know a ton about him. But I saw he was an offensive line. I was like, you know what? That's all right. I'm okay with that. Didn't Carlos Monterez of the uh, free press get that pick an F? That doesn't surprise me. I won't get into that. But I have my opinions on Carlos Menares. And they're reflected in a, in a picture on my wall in my room. <laughs> I got to see it at some point. So for me, um, 2018 NFL draft. Shazier is gone for a couple of years. I knew like they got a fine linebacker, but like Devin White's not. Devin White's all the question. Devin Bush, I was praying he was gonna fall at 20. But all the Moxo seems like nope, not gonna happen. So I get back home in time to see. It was like pick nine. Buffalo took Ed Oliver. It's my roommate Josh and I. Just got back from seeing Avengers Endgame at the first showing the theater here had. Electric. Flippin' electric. Yes. So we get back, and he's on Moby because, you know, TJ Hawkinson got picked. And he was I remember that. that. I had actually saw Avengers Endgame that night, too. I remember that. Funny thing was, my roommate told me, I am never watching Alliance game again if they take, if they, if they take Hawkinson. Yeah. And we watched Alliance games together since then. But <laughs> I remember seeing... You know, Denver's in the clock at 10. I was saying, like, oh, we have a train. 
The Pittsburgh Steelers traded up, and I'm losing my mind like, oh my god, it's happening. Oh my god, it's happening. That's all I got. No way. We got a guy, we got a guy who goes sideline to sideline. So, and apparently, so I get this too because my brother's watching from behind and he's streaming off his phone. And I'm going to tell you this from, from his perspective. Because he, he already knows Stephen Bushman. He's watching his phone, and, he, and he's, he's going to all come up. And he's, he's watching his phone, and it says, There's been a trade, you know, Pittsburgh trade up. And with the 10th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select... Wait. Wait. Broski wants to FaceTime me? Mitch, what the hell? Stop it! It's like, <laughs> what happened? I'm like, dude, they did it! They got Bush! Like, dude, what happened? You literally called me about some months It's like, dude, they traded up and got Devin Bush, dude. That's awesome. They got Shady's replacement. True story. 100% true story. So, that's what made me go bonkers. Um, I was enjoying some special type of beverages one day, and I got, in 18, I got bummed that they took uh, Chukwuma Okor for late in the third because he went to Western. Yeah. But, yeah, those kind of the draft picks made me go bonkers. So, yeah, Christian, anything else you want to say before we wrap up this? Uh, no, sir. Uh, before we get too far, um, big shout-out to uh, my man, my little brother, me, Mr. Dan Helbert, close from the show here. Uh, yeah. Good friend of mine who's working in the equipment room in uh, Wyoming. That's what's but, up. But um, he's got a new job. He starts in June with the University of Connecticut. Oh, wow, okay. Going to UConn. So, Dan, proud of you. Big inspiration Sweet. for me. Proud of you this new job, man. Uh, can't, wait, can't wait to visit you out there in Connecticut. So, uh, it's going to be awesome. So, you're all good? Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this very special 15th episode of Season 4 of Unsportsmanlike Conduct about this uh, UC Mock Draft version 3.0. Again, well, when we when we share the episode link, we'll mention the, uh, we will mention the punishments and stuff, see what mm-hmm. happens. So, until that moment comes for Christian Booer, I'm Mr. Mitch Fosberg. Just get close.